going on, everybody? It's your buddy, it's your pal, Spaz Phoenix, the YWC Reality Check, here with your preview for WWE Payback 2023. And let's be real, where are we right now? We are in the middle of an all-in, all-out sandwich provided by AEW and their exquisite scheduling. Uh, there's a lot of drama happening over on the other side. And uh, Payback, if I'm completely honest, kind of feels like a house show. But I'm going to tell you why I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. So if you want to come along for that ride, come along for that ride. I haven't said it in a while. If you're listening to this on YouTube, uh, check me out on Rumble. Check me out on the audio platforms, uh, Spotify, iTunes. Uh, I'm on Amazon recently. Like, that became a thing. Uh, but really, realistically, if you're listening to me on YouTube, much as I appreciate you, please uh, consider uh, checking out some of those other platforms, specifically Spotify, iTunes, uh, Amazon, and Rumble. Really trying to get my numbers up on Rumble, which doesn't seem to be a thing just yet because YouTube provides us with all kinds of, of stuff. Now, we are in a weird spot right now as, as WWE... <laughs> Somebody said that WWE is living in AEW's world right now, off the back of All In. All In was huge. Doesn't mean it was good. Um, you know, certain wrestler that I'm a particular fan of is getting dicked around again, and that's dominating the news cycle. And uh, Adam Cole and MJF had an awesome match to cap off the night. The end was weird and different and kind of bold, and I appreciate it, and I applaud them. Don't know if I would have done the same. Really, really cool to see Soraya uh, get that hometown win. Absolutely fantastic. If you don't follow Soraya's mom, Soraya Knight, uh, on Instagram, go follow her. She's a hell of a follow. Anyways, that's enough about AEW, but we have All In, Big Week of Wrestling, Payback squeezes in there, and then we got All Out to see what uh, a Chicago show looks like without CM Punk. Ooh, I said his name, shit. Um, but yeah, Payback, I said it already, I'll say it again, Payback kind of feels like a televised house show. And normally I would hate that. Normally I, that would be like a caveat that I would put on one of the international shows, or I would put it on a Saudi show, or... Uh, Something along something along those lines, or something odd, at an odd time, or whatever the case may be. I think right now, just a televised house show here, we're having some wrestling. Come tune in if you want. It's in Pittsburgh, I think. Come to Pittsburgh, watch some wrestling. Tune into your WWE Network, hear some wrestling. I don't think there's going to be any firecrackers popping off on this particular show, if I'm completely honest. And I think... This, you guys are going to think I'm crazy. I think I'm kind of crazy for seeing it. I think that's exactly what we need right now. WWE has done a lot of big stuff. To their credit, AEW, specifically coming off of last weekend, has done a lot of big stuff. But it's also been a really, really heavy sort of week, week and a half. We lost Bray Wyatt. We lost Terry Funk. We lost Bob Barker. We lost... I can't think of her name because I'm terrible, but the girl that used to voice uh, Harley Quinn on the original uh, Batman the Animated Series, um, Top Dollar, was on social media, and apparently he's suffered a loss or two in his family, which is terrible. Thoughts go out to him, obviously. But just low... I don't want to say low effort either, because that also sounds really bad. But just... Here's some easily digestible wrestling. There's only six matches. There's nothing on the kickoff from what I can tell. But following on from, obviously, SmackDown, Raw, 
NXT. NXT had a really good cage match on it, by the way. But following on from that, but also following it on from All Out, because, or sorry, All In, rather, because a lot of them would know some of the people involved as well. The fact that anybody has done anything since last Thursday when we got the news about Terry Funk, Bray Wyatt, eventually Bob Barker, uh, Arlene, I can't remember her last name, uh, the stuff coming out about Top Dollar Family. The fact that anybody in any locker room, and I'm saying WWE, NXT, AEW, ROH, Impact, the, the, the fact that anybody is able to do anything, anybody in any locker room is, is functioning enough to still get out there and do what they need to do is mind-boggling to me, to be completely honest. Like, I know how I've felt this week just being a fan, and, you know, you never want to take away the, the pain from people that are actually experiencing it, the friends, the family, the co-workers, the loved ones, etc. But, like, if I feel the way I feel, imagine how they feel, and they're still out there doing the thing, as, as they say. So, a nice, easy, not-too-many-bells-and-whistles here, have some wrestling payback is I think it's just what the doctor ordered if if, if I can be cliche like that but uh, doesn't mean I don't think it's going to be good um, there are positive comparisons to make uh, when I say this is like a house show when you go to a house show you just get some fun stuff when you go to a house show you get to see somebody playing heel or face because they're in a particular town or you know Somebody, if they came to if they came to Toronto and Edge was playing a heel on TV, he could play a face for a night because he's in Toronto. That type of idea. So we could have just people having fun. I I, I don't know how to say it anyway other than that. But I just I want everybody that is still managing to do their thing to function to get through the night and just just have some fun. Um, if you watch Monday Night Raw this week, the uh, the match between, I mean, there was three of them involved. It was Becky Lynch, and it was Zoe Stark, and it was uh, Trish Stratus, but it was Zoe Stark and Becky Lynch were in the match, and as soon as the match was over, we saw how, how overwhelmed Becky Lynch was. And I'm not bringing that over to denigrate her in any way, shape, or form. Good for her, like, let that shit out. And she was, it was a, it was a crowd brawl, so she was out in the fans getting the support from the fans, which probably, I don't want to speak for her, but it was probably like some of the best medicine. So if we can capture any of that this weekend at Payback, and I may or may not do some stuff for All Out as well, I haven't decided yet, to be quite frank. Um, if we can capture any of that, just like let's all pull together and, and do something, then it's good because the wrestling community is a protective community to a very certain to a very certain degree. Now, I'll give you a, a prime example. This is very, very different from what people in WWE are dealing with right now. I went to the Destiny show uh, not too long ago. The, um, the day after Edge's match with Sheamus in, in uh, Toronto, I went and I saw Trent Seven become the new Destiny champ. It was pretty awesome. There was a segment, however, in the middle of the show, and I'm not going to name any names, but there was a couple of heels beating down a guy, and I don't know whether the wrestling character got a little overzealous with a crowd member, or whether the crowd member was just really, really inebriated and got in the wrestler's face, but they got no shoving match. And in the process, they elbowed a kid in the face. I don't know who's to blame for that. I'm not blaming the wrestler. I'm not blaming the guy in the crowd. Certainly, the kid ended up sitting next to us for the rest of the show, because I'm front row, because, you know, it is what it is. But the rest of that show had a vibe, and it wasn't it wasn't an angry vibe, it was an everybody is together 
kind of vibe because nobody no matter no matter whether you're the guy in the crowd whether you're the wrestler that might have gone too far whether you're the kid that got hit in the face nobody wanted that to happen and the vibe for the rest of the night and i'll say this for myself because i don't want to i don't know all the sides or anything like that but the vibe for the rest of the night is that shouldn't have happened like this is wrestling this is supposed to be a positive place that's not supposed to happen here and everybody kind of came around, you know, checked on the kid, checked on us because we were in the immediate vicinity, hated anybody else get hit or bumped into or anything like that. But there was such a mulling that wasn't supposed to happen. Let's make sure everybody's okay. If we can bring any of that element to this, a lot of people are sad. A lot of people are heartbroken. A lot of people don't know what to do next, what their next step is, who they turn to for support and comfort and all those types of things. If there's a little bit of, oh, we're not supposed to feel this way, let's make sure everybody's okay, and that can somehow reverberate from this show, that's fucking awesome as well. But I will say, pulling back to my perspective, where I'm just going to sit here in my chair, I'm going to look over there. You guys can't see where I'm pointing because it's an audio medium. That's fine. Don't worry about it. But I'm going to click over there. I'm going to turn on my WWE network. And I'm just going to watch some wrestling. So what's the most best, most best, what's the best example of that LA Knight versus The Miz? These guys could just go out there with microphones and do like a 20-minute segment and not even have a match. And it would still be entertaining. It's... Two guys that are more known for character and less known for in-ring stuff, so the more character work, the better. Uh, LA Knight's clearly going to win. The Miz, the Miz is, is in that Dolph Ziggler, Baron Corbin uh, echelon of just go out there, be a dick, and make whoever you're pissing off look really good in the process. LA Knight's clearly got a rocket up its ass. For, uh, for the people out there that are still saying, oh, WWE doesn't know what to do with LA Knight, they're clearly pushing him. Like, they're clearly pushing him. LA Knight's going to win versus The Miz. Uh, it's going to be fun, I think. It might open the show, like I say, to set the tone, to set the requis requisite tone for the night. Uh, it might be the opener. And this is the kind of thing that I that I bring the positive um, positive uh, house show aspect to. Sorry, I'm going on no notes because I'm kind of tired and I've kind of had a shitty day. Um, so I've got... Wikipedia in front of me and I'm trying to come up with some thoughts for you guys if I can be completely honest for a second but you can imagine this in a house show the past couple of house shows I've been to uh, have been the Miz coming out to cut a promo at some point and saying oh well, I can't uh, I can't believe they made me come to Canada again or some fucking nonsense like that rambles on for a little bit gets interrupted by either a Canadian or another really really over babyface and there's an impromptu match that is what we're getting here, except the promos have already happened and it's not an impromptu match, but I think it's going to have that same vibe. Win for LA Knight, absolutely fine. Rey Mysterio and Austin Theory are having a rematch for the United States Championship. I don't know. Um, unless they're going to start teasing the Santos-Rey Mysterio breakup. I don't know. Uh, people are saying that that's going to happen. People are saying that's the only way that this can can go. Oh, well, uh, they're clearly going to sow some dissension because, you know, Ray took Santos's uh, title spot, whatever. Let's just look back to AEW's example. And how often do I say that? MJF and Adam Cole just beat the crap out of each other in front of 80,000 people for the World Heavyweight Championship and walked out of the building arm in arm. You can do that. And there's people that are going to say, well, WWE can't tell the story like that. Uh, the bloodline. I'm just saying. Uh, Rey Mysterio, Austin Theory. I don't know what they're doing with this title right now. Um, 
I do think eventually they're going to transition it from Ray to Grayson Waller to L.A. Knight. Like, I think that's the trajectory. Everybody likes to shit on Austin Theory. I don't know why. He's really good. But Ray Mysterio will have a nice match against Austin Theory. We'll get some LWO stuff in there at some point. I think uh, Grayson Waller will get involved as well. Apparently, uh, Grayson Waller is also going to do an episode of the Grayson Waller Effect on the PLE with Cody Rhodes. So I don't know what that's going to turn into. It may be an impromptu match. Hey, there you go. It's a house show. Don't worry about it. Um, but yeah, no, the way I see it going, Austin Theory is getting sort of slid backwards a little bit because people aren't, aren't uh, engaging with him right now. I don't agree, but whatever. Rey Mysterio is a good transitional person, and if you're going to use it to transition the belt on to somebody like Grayson Waller, Grayson Waller's pretty good on the microphone in a very, very different way. Promo battles between Grayson Waller and L.A. Knight later on down the line will be fantastic. That's how I see it going. I think Rey Mysterio retains tonight, sort of solidifies his win over Austin Theory a couple of weeks ago. Now, if they want to go another way about it, and San Santos Escobar does turn heel and kind of fuck over Rey Mysterio in a way that Rey Mysterio still keeps his belt, like if there's a disqualification or something like that. Santos takes the belt off of Rey as a heel, and then LA Knight beats Santos. That's another way you could go, but LWO are over. Yeah, so yeah, there were a jobber group in WCW. Well, this isn't WCW. It's fine. Don't worry about it. It's going to be another nice, good, like, here, have a match match. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus The Judgment Day, represented by Finn Balor and Damian Priest, because Finn Balor and Damian Priest have been told by Mama Rhea Ripley to either get along or she's going to make some changes, and one of them's going to be replaced by J.D. McDonough, but that's not going to happen tonight. It's fine. Um, you could prolong the the story. You could prolong the... Uh, the, the stumbling and the faltering of the Judgment Day by putting tag belts on them, then you could have the image that they all want of all of them carrying around belts. Um, it would be a really weird visual, though, because they haven't unified in belt form the tag team titles yet. Like, there's still two, two belts each. So the image of Finn coming out with two belts, that's fine. Uh, Damian Priest coming out with two belts and a briefcase, and still looking over at Finn and still saying, eh, you know, three is better than two, or some shit like that. Um, there's a lot of comedic, like, childish stuff to be had with that. I really don't want the Judgment Day to break up or change or anything like that, because they haven't peaked. Bloodline, as much as I love them, and as much as we know now, concretely, that they are not going to end it properly, they're probably going to end it with Cody Rhodes, because people cry too much. But they had their peak. Judgment Day has not had their peak. The only ones... I mean, okay, Rhea Ripley's a fucking star, don't get me wrong. But the other three guys, the only one in that group that has a title is Dominic Mysterio, and it's an NXT title. That ain't, that ain't a peak. I'm just... I'm just saying. Unless you want to go... In a, in a power shift direction where Damian Priest becomes the champion and then Finn and JD become the tag champions. That could also be a thing. Actually, Damian Priest, I just thought of this just now, Damian Priest walking out and JD McDonough filling that void on, on Saturday could be a cool thing that they could do. And then Finn could go on and say, look, he, he was more Judgment Day on Saturday than you were. He's definitely part of the group now. Then they put the red belt and the blue belt together and it makes purple belts because they're in the fucking Judgment Day. Yeah. On the other side. Uh, I shouldn't do that. I should leave that to the what culture guys, shouldn't I? Um, 
I'm going against my better judgment here. Judgment Day wins here. Um, again, it's the again it's the house show loop thing because this is we've had some iteration of this tag team match on Raw for like the past five weeks. So I'm assuming they've been doing it at house shows as well. You know, throw in a Matt Riddle or a Cody Rhodes to make it a, a six man or whatever. Throw Rhea Ripley in there and make it an intergender. But these guys have been fighting for a long time. It does think feel like it's running out of steam a little bit. Something needs to happen. Either they get the belts or something happens to the group, and I don't know whether that happens on the night or not. I'm going to go against my better judgment and say that Judgment Day win the tag team titles, but I don't know where that leaves Kevin and Sammy, because there's only one set of belts now. Unless Kevin and Sammy go down to NXT and want to fight Tony D and Stax, but I think they're going to be facing the Street Profits based on what happened last night. Don't worry about it. I'm recording this on Wednesday, by the way. You guys are going to hear this on Friday. What do we got next? What do we have next? Rhea Ripley versus Raquel Rodriguez is going to be a win for Rhea Ripley. What else do you want me to say? Rhea Ripley has squashed everybody smaller than her. Next step in that transition is obviously Rhea Ripley beats somebody as big and as powerful as her. Probably with scheming means, probably with Dominic Mysterio on the outside, probably, probably, probably XYZ. Uh, quick plug, go back to my immediate previous episode. It is me fantasy booking Shayna Baszler versus Rhea Ripley for the main event of night two of WrestleMania 40 next year. Go check it out. I had a lot of fun with it. And yes, it comes from one of the best women's wrestling matches in NXT history. So there's that. Um, I mean... Raquel Rodriguez is a challenger in the sense that she's somebody that they've pushed into the challenger slot. That's that's all I got. Uh, if you do check out that pod that I did immediately before this one, uh, it basically involved three people. It involved Rhea Ripley, Shayna Baszler, and the third cog in that story is Becky Lynch. Now, when I say third cog in the story, she's not in that WrestleMania match. So, again, go back and... Uh, Go back and check it out. It's all good. Got a bunch of other people involved in there too. Oscar's in there. Charlotte's in there. Even your beloved Bianca Belair is in there in the way that I would book her. So uh, buyer beware. Um, but yeah, Rhea Ripley's winning. I don't know what you want me to say. Uh, much like much like Roman Reigns, if she comes out as the only winner on the night and you want to say that Finn Balor and Damian Priest are the Usos and she gets to hold her win over them and they need to get their shit together that would also be a decent storytelling technique as well Rhea Ripley's a fucking star I with no with no offense meant to Raquel Rodriguez if Rhea Ripley had a better contender like a Shayna Baszler like a Charlotte like a Becky Lynch like an Oscar or even even an EO Sky like if we get to Survivor Series and we do champion versus champion and it's Rhea versus EO Sky that ain't going to hurt anybody's feelings start start making Rhea Ripley the main event of your pay-per-views and carry that through to WrestleMania that's that's all I've got on that one but you guys know that and at least if you haven't heard enough of me gushing about Rhea Ripley go back one pod Look at the fantasy booking thing. It's absolutely fine. Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus is a weird one. Because they should have done it at the last pay-per-view. I will still say to the people that they're crying that, oh, they were booted off the card. They were never on the card. Everybody hated Triple H for pointing that out. But, like, you all predicted that they were going to be on the card. Which is fine. You can say they should have been on the card. You can't say they were kicked off a card that they were never on. Show me a graphic for what the hell was the last... What the hell was the last paper? Was it SummerSlam? 
I think it was SummerSlam. It was SummerSlam, wasn't it? Um, show me a SummerSlam graphic that had Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus on it. Other than a fan-made one, don't be dickheads and send me clip art. Bullshit. Um, it's weird, because I think at this point, both stars have said, yeah, this has gone on a bit too long. Um, we just had a hardcore match on Raw, which had a lot more creative breadth to it than a steel cage does, because a steel cage just kind of keeps everybody where they are. Um, I don't know how good this is going to be. I, re I really don't. Becky Lynch can do her thing in a cage. Trish Stratus, I love her. Hometown girl and all that kind of thing. I don't know whether a steel cage is necessarily her place to perform, which sounds really misogynistic the more I, the more I hear those words come out of my mouth. But it's just true. There's some dudes on the on the roster that I would I would say the same thing about. I don't particularly want to see the Viking Raiders, for a prime example, in a steel cage. Now, conversely, going back to this week's episode of NXT, I absolutely love seeing the Creed Brothers in a steel cage. Um, I don't say this very often because I know a lot of people don't watch NXT. If you're going to go back and rewatch anything from this week's episode of NXT, check out the opening match. It's the um, formerly known as the Grizzled Young Vet Veterans, now known as the Dyad, taking on the Creed Brothers for their position on the NXT roster. and It's all very good and significantly weird with the, with the schism. It's kind of a bummer, side note. Um, I don't know how great the matches would have been, but like with the people that we've lost in the past little while, we're never going to see how fun the schism versus the Wyatt family could have been. And that's a bummer. That is a real bummer. Anyways, I've gotten well off the track now. Becky Lynch, Trish Stratus, obviously Becky Lynch is going to win. Obviously she's going to be the conquering, smiling babyface and all that kind of thing, which is fine. The fact that it's predictable doesn't make it bad. Um, I've heard rumblings that this is actually going to be the main event. I, I don't think it lives up to that. I think when the stars are coming out and openly saying that they're tired of the storyline that they're in and the fans are basically saying the same thing and oh my god we're dragging it out one more week and we're dragging it out one more week I don't think I think you could potentially have a Roman Reigns Samoa Joe situation where if this is the main event people might just go and beat the traffic and I hate saying that I really do um, again it's not with any disrespect to the two women involved but do you care? I'd like to care. I love Becky Lynch. Trish Stratus, hometown girl, as I say. Mm. Make it the second or third match, maybe? I would have switched it up. I would have had this be a regular match. I would have had Judgment Day and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn been the cage match, personally. But that's just me. The main event is Seth Rollins versus Shinsuke Nakamura. And this is the only place where, really, they can shake off the uh, the house show vibe that I've been talking to you guys about. And I hope, I really do, and I'm, and I'm getting repetitive now. I really hope you guys do get the fact that when I say it's got a house show vibe, I really don't mean that as a bad thing. And it doesn't have to be a bad thing. But a house show, the one thing about a house show is it's pretty predictable. We don't make very many huge explosive changes. The couple of times that they actually have changed titles on house shows and they've had to like give you a quick review of what's happened before the next episode of Monday Night Raw starts, it's always a bit weird. It always has, it always invites that feeling of like, well, why didn't you just do that on Raw? Um, it's like the one time Kofi Kingston won a one of his tag titles in a during a commercial break, and it's like, why would you do that? Anyway, Seth Rollins versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, 
it's been said for a while now he's not doing his art wrestling anymore he's doing his money wrestling which is absolutely fair by the way he was happy to come to the u.s and spend most of his time surfing and have a match when they wanted him to have a match but in the last little while they've sort of given him this heel heel sort of tint to his character he's been attacking Seth Rollins, he hit him with the Kinshasa. He, we had that cliffhanger on Raw the other week of uh, him whispering in his ear, and we didn't know what he meant. But he meant that Seth Rollins has a bad back. Now, that could mean two things. That could mean they just want to add to the Seth Rollins story of, oh, look, look at uh, all this all this pain that he's suffering through, and he still came through. He's still our valiant champion on Monday Night Raw. Or it could mean something else is going to happen. And they're putting that in there to sort of protect Seth Rollins. The only way this show shakes off the house show vibe is if Shinsuke Nakamura gets a shock win or if Damian Priest cashes in. And I don't really know that I want either to happen. If you have it where Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, um, they fail to get the tag team titles from the Judgment Day and say say Finn loses the pin, say that three times fast, Finn loses the pin, and um, Priest goes, oh, we didn't lose, you lost, I'm going to show you what winning is like, and he goes and catches the briefcase. Uh, that sounded like the old Sylvester Stallone uh, speech to his son. That's what winning is done, that's how winning is done. Um, I can't remember the whole, nothing's going to knock you down harder than life. Okay, all right, Sly, you're doing just fine. Um... But if that's the case, if he if he goes and wins the world title to spite Finn Balor, that would be cool. I would love them to do something totally off the wall and want, have Priest be like, I'm way more dedicated to the cause, I'm way more dedicated to this group than you are. If you think the money in the bank briefcase is so important, here, take it. And then Finn Balor cashes in on Seth Rollins. That would also be fucking fantastic. Shinsuke Nakamura winning is probably the hot trigger because if Shinsuke Nakamura walks out of payback with that world title, I have no idea where we're going. If Shinsuke Nakamura walks out with that title, then Seth Rollins is taking some time off. And then you'll get Damian Priest cashing in on Shinsuke Nakamura, which won't be as surprising. And then when Seth Rollins comes back, you can ha come have him win back his title from Damian Priest, get re-involved with the Judgment Day and all that kind of stuff. I'm 99% sure it's a simple win for Seth Rollins, and oh, look how triumphant he is, even with his broken back. But I'm really hoping they prove me wrong on that one. Anyways, yeah, so these are kind of some half-ass predictions, some half-ass preview stuff. I haven't seen SmackDown, obviously, because I'm recording this on Wednesday. I don't know what else they're going to add. I don't. Ha I have no clue what they're doing with the Usos. Obviously, whatever was supposed to happen last week got postponed to this week because of the tribute show, which was the right thing to do. I don't have any idea what they're doing with their women's championship whatsoever. I mean, it's not on Bianca Belair, so we're, we've already taken a step in the right direction. Um, I don't know. Are they going to add anything else? WWE has been keeping their shows pretty tight recently, so this could be it. Are they going to throw something on the kickoff? Maybe one more round of Imperium versus the Alpha Academy. I don't know. They're doing... I like it, and I keep going back and forth on this. I, I keep saying that they always leave one or two things off the show to make the SmackDown before or the Raw after feel special. But it is getting to a point, once again, where why couldn't you just do Gable and Gunther on the on the show? 
Gable won, technically, by countout. He's earned another title shot. He's earned the spotlight of being on. I mean, Alpha Academy are hilarious, don't get me wrong, but seeing Gable finally get to spread his wings as a singles guy and kick ass is is pretty cool. Is pretty cool, and I would have loved to see that on the show as well. I'm just rambling at this point. What are you guys looking forward to? Do you agree with me that this kind of feels like a house show? Do you agree with me that that might not necessarily be a bad thing, or are you skipping this and you're just going to watch all out? That's that's fine too. I really want to see what a Chicago pay per view without CM Punk on it looks like. I said on social media, if he's suspended. I would almost consider renewing my passport and getting a last-minute ticket to All Out to be in that Chicago crowd when they realize that there's no CM Punk. That would be hilarious. And that's how I'm going to cap off this WWE-related podcast. That's right, I'm a dick. It's fine. Subscribe up there, talk down there, start a conversation, keep all these conversations going. Don't be a stranger, I'll talk to each and every last one of you later, but for right now, I am tagging.